Welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. You know, as we began this year in the pursuit, in the uh, theme of pursuit, I was thinking about this, and Gray and I obviously are always uh, preparing what it is we're going to bring to this platform, and like many of the other incredible preachers who come and stand up to deliver the Word of God, we prep in advance what it is that we're going to do, and I started to speak to Graham as this theme that we are doing in the life of our church at City Point Church at the moment, Pursuit, is something that we began to speak about as a leadership team over all our locations mid last year. And a lot of our conversations were not just around the um, having a church and a people who would wholeheartedly chase God as a single pursuit. We began to speak about unspoken expectations that people often have on themselves around the practice of pursuit in their personal relationships with God. And so what I mean by that is that many people come up with the way that they read God's word, pray, worship, what they do in times of pain and trouble, And yet, most of the time, they have no idea what the person sitting beside them, he even here this morning, does as a part of their practice. And so, when we began to prepare, I said to Graham, do you know, I think I would really love the opportunity for our church to hear how people pursue God. Uh, This began in me a number of years ago when our uh, previous senior pastor, Pastor Jenny, took her team away. A bunch of us girls got to go away for the night and around breakfast, a question was just asked at the table, how do you read the Word of God? What's, What's your habit? What's your routine? And we went around the table and discovered, yes, there were small similarities, but in a group of seven girls, there were seven different ways in which we all practiced getting into the Word of God. That's what I hope you catch here this morning. There is not one way. There is not a formula that you're not hitting or that maybe you feel condemned because you go, I'm not reading a book of the Bible each day or I don't spend two hours of the day. Often we will hear of incredible men and women of faith and what they have done or glimpses of what they have done and held ourselves to this standard. And yet God has said, I have designed you a specific way in which to worship and commune with me. Would you come this way? And so this morning, I'm actually going to ask some of our key team. Now, I would love to put all of our team on. We actually had a group chat yesterday in which most of us put into a group chat the answers to the questions I'm going to ask this morning of the team. And, do you know, we yesterday spent the rest of the day incredibly encouraged listening to the differences. And so that is exactly what I pray you catch today as we unpack the individual habits of a pursuit of Jesus Christ and a life with God. Maltby Davenport Babcock says, good habits are not made on birthdays, nor Christian character at the new year with resolutions. The workshop of character is everyday life. The uneventful and commonplace hour is where the battle is lost or won. 
It's all in our little everyday habits. And so I'm going to invite to the platform some of my team today. Uh, Pastor Gray is going to come back up. He went missing for a moment. He's going to come back and join us on the platform. But I'd also love to invite up Isaac, Rachel Haffey, Rachel Eaton, Rachel Collins, because it's clearly a requirement in our team to have the name Rachel, <laughs> Henry, and that's it. All right, why don't you put your hands again, together again as they come to the platform. I'm John. I'm so sorry, John. <laughs> and John, come and sit anywhere on the couches, guys. There's three to a couch. I'm so excited about this. I promise you don't have to sit on the floor, John. It's all good. Do you know, the, a passage that was brought out as a part of this pursuit plan was this verse from Jeremiah 29, 13. And in the Amplified, I love this version. It says this. When with a deep longing you seek me and require me as a vital necessity, you will find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I pray that's an encouragement as we launch into some questions this morning that we're going to ask from the team. Do you know, I don't know what your habits are around spiritual disciplines, but I pray this morning for each and every one of us, maybe you are encouraged because of the spiritual habits you are already operating in, or maybe this morning for 2022, you get something fresh, a fresh idea, maybe something that gels with your personality and design. You can see up here are different ages and different personalities. I pray something stands out to you this morning. So the very first question I would like to ask the entire panel as we go one after the other, I would love to ask each and every one of you, what does your reading the word habit look like? Rach Eaton, do you want to start? Go. We'll go from this end all the way through. Go. What does it look like? Okay, I'm normally a morning girl, so I like to do it with a cup of coffee. But honestly, I'm such a squirrel. So I, I have a usual plan that I do. Like I'm usually in a, a, a book of the Bible that I like to follow and read. Recently, she moves trees. <laughs> <laughs> but my squirrel nature sometimes leads me down rabbit holes. Like I'll, I'll get into a word and then I'm just, ah, I'm lost in it. Like one Kings and second Kings, I'm always late for work. <laughs> <laughs> You just get all the way into it. But yeah, it's, it's morning for me. Morning. Henry. So, um, mostly night time. So, I'll watch the news and do a bit of stuff like that. <laughs> and at 8.30, I, I climb into my little room at the back of the house there. That's my little quiet place. And um, I just start reading. And uh, I've got no specific as such, like, uh, what was the real question? So I don't go off track. <laughs> so I, I know. Henry has a tendency to preach, so you can get saved in this moment if you need to, or we could take up another offering. So re what does your reading the word habit look like? Okay, so, yeah, not normally between 8.30 and 9, up to about midnight, so I go in my little room and just read. And um, sometimes in the morning I'll sit in the uh, front patio, that's what, I've got a little old Good News Bible there. And uh, that's given me that much inspiration. I just can't get over it. Mm -hmm. I just go there with no agenda, and I just go and sit there and just open it up. Wherever I open it, I read it. And, um, yeah, so I, I 
Yeah, I just mostly night times. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. So I'll just sit up all night. Love that. Love that. Because you're going to hear that a number of people on the team are morning people, but Henry has totally acknowledged it's okay not to be. It's, not, it's okay not to rise early. But he's carved out time then at a specific time. Go for a rage. So I've been on an interesting journey um, becoming a mum. Um, I don't have my hands free, as all the mothers here will be like, yes, I understand. <laughs> um, so I have been playing around with how to do it. Audio Bible doesn't work in case it's on screen. Um, so I've found at the moment in this current season, I have a beautiful three-year-old that um, likes to test me for a half hour to an hour in the middle of the day um, as I put him to sleep. So as we're doing that every day, um, I read my Bible on my phone, playing music, and you know, give him the discipline of beautiful mother. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so at the moment, it's it's when I'm putting the babies to sleep. Um, mm. That's my time. Yeah. yeah. John. All right. Um, so I have the YouVersion app, and it gives you a daily verse in the morning. So I usually will read that one verse. <laughs> when I'm making coffee, yeah. Everyone's like, John must get up at 3 a.m. No. Isn't it good to know this stuff? It's like getting in on somebody's diary, it's great, go. Then I have the fortunate um, blessing to do a lot of driving. But so on the YouVersion app also, it has um, the reading where, you know, it's audio, the audio, so I just listen to it. Then what will happen is, while I'm driving along, if there's something that I think to myself, hmm, I wonder what that says in a different language or in a different translation, and then I get lost. And so when I get home, you know, I do the family stuff, but I'll also be looking it up to find out, and that's how I do my Bible study, generally. Yeah, yeah amazing. Rach? So for me, um, it's usually getting up in the morning, first thing in the morning, and making a coffee, um, and then just sitting down, because um, at that time in the morning the house is still pretty quiet so um, yeah I can sort of sit um, either out on the front deck or yeah um, at the table and yeah I just spend time just reading the word um, yeah I mean at, at the minute I am doing the she reads truth so, um, so yeah it's just spending time in that moment mm -hmm. um, with God amazing Isaac um, so, I'm the real John. I wake up pretty early. Um, I'm the real John? <laughs> um, I wake up, I don't know why, but at 5 a.m. Um, every morning as I can. Um, hey, yeah. <laughs> relate. Um, so, yeah, just because I know I want this habit, um, of spending time at least twice a day with God, like intentional time. Um, so one of them is early in the morning. I suck at night, like I just, cause you wake up so early, so, but I'm trying to work on it. Um, so I read in that time, um, I read my yearly Bible plan. Um, and I also have this new habit that I've been trying to do of um, having a scripture verse book where I right with my right hand um, at least once and then with my left hand too. Um, it's a bit weird, I know, but I want to be, I do not know how to say the word, the word but ampidextrous. Ampidextrous. 
that one. And yeah. dexterous. Um, yes. So yeah, I thought that would be cool. And what best way to do it than um, writing down scripture verses because you spend intentional time to get your letters right and actually remember that verse. And then so then it's in my arsenal. So yeah, yeah. that's a habit. That oh, so it's in his arsenal. It's yeah. kind of cool. Love it. Great. Why is accent intimidating? Uh, For me, um, I go through seasons, so I'm not a good reader, Uh, so reading the verse is like a a day, a whole day's worth of reading for me, so I find I go through seasons, um, and a season for me could be six monthly or yearly, Um, so I change my patterns all the time Mm. just to work with life and to work with my um, ability level. Okay, so as I'm getting older, I'm finding that my ability level is growing through college and things like mm-hmm. that. So I started just a verse a day when I was younger, um, and I was happy with that. And I used to just say to God, hey, I can't read much. Could you make it worth, you know, worth reading? So I used to ask the Holy Spirit to work in me. So I used to try and do what the Bible says, to meditate on the Word. So just a scripture, a verse, and I'd meditate on that all day, which just think about what it means all day. Um, as I got older, I moved into reading a chapter a day. Um, I can't, can't do the morning thing, and I couldn't do the night thing either <laughs> back then. So just any random time during the day, I just opened my Bible. And then the apps came out, which is awesome. So I'm a tech person, so I've moved over to the app. And then I went to college, um, and I started to uh, my abilities started to grow, and I found that I could read a couple of chapters, even a book in a day. Um, you know, smaller book, of course. Um, and so I started to enjoy that. So it's just changed for me in every season. Um, my current habit that I've got is brewing. I love the Bible in the year plan. Jump on that. Um, for that, it's just discipline for me. Um, so I get up every morning now. I do the ironing and all the kids stuff. And when everyone's ready for school, like, um, ev- like everyone else on the panel except for Isaac, we all get a coffee. I sit down with the coffee and I read my three chapters for Bible in a year. Um, and then I meditate on that during the day. And then I have also found over probably the last eight years, I can't go very long without studying the Word of God. So to get that discipline in my world, I've signed up for Bible college. So, and I'm doing my master's at the moment. So mm. if God can get me to the master's, he can get anyone to the master's. Come so, on. so the point is Come for on. me though, is I did my diploma and then I had a year off and I couldn't handle not studying the word of God. It just was so much life to me. Mm. So then I've signed up and now I'm in my master's. But, yeah. So I need the study and I need the daily reading, but start where you're at now. Just start to form a habit. Yeah. So many pieces of gold there from a very diverse group of people, some morning, some night. Show of hands both on the platform and off. Who reads the Word of God digitally? And who is physically? And you can see it's based on design and personality. There is not one way in which to do it. There are so many incredible ways in which you can get into God's word. I'd encourage you to do it. Um, a couple of things that I have noted over the season while preparing this is just some incredible ideas. Incentives. Incentives on reading the word of God is a great thing to do. So I have an incentive sitting on my lap. This is the very first time I'm ever using for a preach my actual daily Bible. I normally use my Passion Bible because it's easy to hold and it's smaller and lighter. <laughs> 
But today I'm using my daily Bible because the incentive of it is it's pretty. <laughs> now, for some of you, you just need that motivator. Mine is, a, you're going to think this is funny for so many of you in the congregation, but mine is a colour me in Bible. And I need the incentive of making this absolutely beautiful. It's time that I spend in God's word and I love to colour it. I actually don't colour it while I'm actually reading it. Um, part of the colouring is actually usually in hard seasons when I don't know what to say. I'll spend some time colouring in God's word. And it sounds crazy. I was never a colour in as a child. But I have begun it in my 40s. <laughs> so it's totally a great thing to do. Another incredible incentive I heard from Lara Toggs, who is Pastor Brian and Bobby Houston's daughter, is that every Christmas her mother buys her a fresh new Bible. And she just uses the Bible for that year. And she writes everything, all revelations. She marks the Bible up. She writes all of her prayers in her Bible. And at the end of the year, she passes it to somebody who's just met Jesus. And then at Christmas time, she receives a new Bible. What a wonderful incentive to get into the Word of God fresh again. Um, Graham and I used an incentive when we were not meeting together as a church in COVID with our children that if they read a chapter of the Bible, they would receive some money. <laughs> I know. Did it work, Gray? It did. Oh, it worked. We were poor. <laughs> <laughs> so we did two things to get our children into the Word of God. Um, if they would read a chapter, they would... Um, get a certain amount of money, and if they would read a book, they would get a free day of gaming, like a whole day. We do a certain, obviously, time limits around gaming, and they could choose the day and have the whole day on gaming, so we had some incentives. And so Annie worked this to the bone by reading Jude over and over and over, and we had to put a stop to reading Jude because she sussed which one was the easiest one to read over and over and over. But, do you know, you can use incentives with your children. Another great way if maybe they're not um, yet at a stage where they could read their Bibles, maybe quite like a younger one like Reuben and Hannah, is that uh, highlighting the scriptures that come out on a Sunday. We, through the whole COVID season, had all three of our children earning a dollar for every scripture that was mentioned in online services. It was really expensive. <laughs> but it was totally worth our kids engaged and sitting in it, listening to the messages and sourcing the scriptures. And then we had to put a rule on they weren't allowed to help each other if one missed it. So it was, it's a really powerful way to get you know, your young ones into the word. But there's some incentives. I'm really different, again, to, the, to some of the people in the team. I'm an early riser. I love to be up way before my family is up. And I love physical Bibles. I'm doing She Reads Truth digitally because I love to see the community. However, I actually um, have had a routine as part of my life since I was about 17 years old that at the beginning of every year, I will randomly, not led by the Holy Spirit, I've just believed that he, it flows through me, so I've gone into my contents and highlighted 12 books for the year, and they've been the 12 books that I've read for the year. So each month I would read a book of the Bible over and over and over and over and over and over and over in multiple translations. And so hopefully getting different and drawing things out of the different translations, but in 2020, when the world shut down, I really felt that God challenged my stubbornness in my routine. And so although I have always received incredible revelation through his word, I would encourage you that if maybe you've done a practice for a really, really long time, 
to allow a flexible heart and spirit to settle upon you this morning and try something new. And that's when I found She Reads Truth. And so in that year, I started to read the Bible in a year and follow their monthly pull apart of a uh, book or a principle of God because it's a deep study guide if you do the whole package in She Reads or He Reads Truth. And so that's where I discovered that and that is what I'm doing at this stage, which is really cool. So that's reading our word. What I'd love to ask now of just a couple of the guys on the panel this morning, what does your prayer habits look like? What does it look like when, what do you pray for when you pray? I'd love to ask Isaac. Isaac, what does your prayer life look like? Um, <laughs> I thought we'd start down the other end. Um, my prayer life... Like, in the mornings when um, I have that set time um, to spend with God, um, right before reading the Word, I do like to spend time in prayer and just relationship with God, so just talking to Him um, and just building that relationship and then praying for my other relationships in my life as well, just so that's genuine and it's real. Um, and sometimes I can catch myself just... Um, getting stuck in the routine. So I want to make sure I can just sit there and like get out of that habit and make sure that I have a, a real relationship with God. So that's my prayer when it comes to talking with God. And then just throughout the day, and I've had to learn this um, in, in everyday life, trying to make the habit of talking to God in, in everything that I do. Um, and just, I do like to reflect quite deeply and think about things and question things and so that's kind of been one of the best ways to um, be in prayer with God um, because then yeah it's just sincere and it's like I really do want to get to know about it and like God dang you created this creation that's pretty cool so it kind of just triggers um, that prayer that talk with God yeah. so Amazing. it's kind of in my habit. Amazing. Rach Haffey. Um, so for me um, when it comes to reading the Bible, I'm digital, uh, like digital, but um, in every other area of my world, I am a paper girl. Give me a paper and pen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just love paper and writing on paper and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So when it comes to me for um, prayer, I, am, I write in my journal. I journal my prayers. Mm. Um, and so for me, that I also find... Because um, I went through a season where I was finding that um, if I was just praying, I was getting frustrated because I kind of felt like my prayers weren't really getting anywhere. It was just kind of like hitting a ceiling kind of thing. Um, and so I was finding the frustration in that. But I found that when I started to actually sit down, spend time with God, and journal my prayers, um, that it was a much better, yeah, a much better way of doing it for me. Yeah, amazing. Rach Eaton. I, I am in awe of people who can journal, like, prayer life. Honestly, I, no, honestly I've tried it. I get so distracted. <laughs> it's, I, just, I can't do it. So it's morning again for me. But when I say morning, don't stand in awe and go, wow, she must be up at 5.30. No, it's when I wake up in the morning. I'm more of an 8 to 8 kind of girl, not really either way. And so if I'm gone to bed really early, I'll be up at 5.30. If I've gone to bed late, it might be 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. So anyway, have your Bible time. 
And that's usually followed by prayer, which often looks really different, depending on how long I've taken and if I'm running late for work. So prayer will often look um, reflective, where I won't necessarily say anything, but it will be reflective upon the word. Sometimes it's listening. Um, Sometimes it is very uh, directive prayer, where you go places. Um, And honestly, um, because that moment... I take up too much time reading. I don't have an awful lot left for prayer. I will actually pray throughout the day. And so I have mastered the art of speaking in tongues, like under my breath. And I've really enjoyed this COVID season of wearing masks because no one even knows I'm doing it. <laughs> so I'll be working. And, it's a plus um, side to masks it there. Was the plus, it's the only plus side of masks. <laughs> and, that, and it's keeping us nice and COVID safe. <laughs> Um, but that's, yeah, that's what I do. So I'll pray throughout my day. And tongues, it might be the result of maybe I'm going through just a moment where everything's falling apart and I really need God. And so you just step into that place. And sometimes it's actually just this moment of just overwhelming, you know, or where you just want to worship God and, and that just comes out. Um, that's it. Great. Hey. Yes. Um, a little bit like my reading the Bible, I go through seasons with my prayer life. Um, but for the probably the last five plus years, I've had a morning routine after I drop the kids to school. Um, it sounds like he does everything. I do do things, I promise you. <laughs> Every now and then. They can be the judge of <laughs> She does. Amazing, amazing. Um, Anyway, so after I iron and make the morning coffee in the house, <laughs> I vacuum and then help Navarra, I feed Navarra. Oh, no! Um, I then take the kids to school. I pray over them and bless them. Um, so, anyway, uh, so my mornings, I like taking the kids to school because it gets me out of the house. It's my excuse. Um, <laughs> And so, because I found I needed to make a way to have a routine, I couldn't really set it on my own. So having kids was good for that when they started going to school. So I dropped them to school, and then um, I spent many years going to the local park um, on the way from school to work, and I would spend half an hour and then be at work at 9 o'clock. So that works because I started at 9. So I'd walk around the park, and I'd intentionally just pray. So I was the weirdo, just praying in tongues. I met all these lovely ladies, early morning walkers in the (laughs) park, invited people to church, but I just really focused in my prayer. Um, These days, new building directions have changed with uh, school and and church building. I actually come here every morning now, and um, I pray in the auditorium for half an hour before we open up everything. Mm. Um, So that time for me with God, just intentional prayer, um, I also developed about 18 years ago, and and if I could suggest the one thing to develop in your prayer life, it's this. It's to pray without ceasing. Um, I think it's the most powerful thing for you to be a powerful person. Um, So praying without ceasing, like Rachel just said, I just developed the continual praying in tongues. Um, And all all I did was made the decision to do it, and then I had to just remind myself 30, 40 times a day to do it until it became a habit. Um, I learned it from Phil Pringle. Um, he said he caught himself once praying out loud in an airport waiting for his plane because he just pl- prayed all the time. And so I developed that about 18 years ago. It changed my life. Um, 
on top of that, I do random bulk prayers. So often when I preach on a Sunday, I will spend Saturday night when the family goes to bed. So Mel and I will lay in bed, watch Netflix, which we like to do. And, um, and then when she falls to sleep, I get up out of bed. So that could be 10 o'clock at night and I'll pray for a couple of hours. Um, and so that's not a set routine thing. It's just when, I, when I'm doing something, you know, like the office of preaching for me is the highest honour I could possibly have. And so I don't take it lightly. So I'll spend a lot of time in prayer to make sure it's God's word that comes across, not my words. Mm. Um, so random t- uh, moments in time when Anilia was sick in the hospital and things like that, I would do these random bulk prayer sessions. Um, got a lot to say on this one. You do. Passionate um, about prayer. When I say to you, I'll pray for you, I do that instantly. Yeah. So I don't wait because I'll forget. Um, <laughs> And so I, I will walk, while we are talking, I'm just constantly zoning in my brain. I'm reminding myself of what I just said I'll pray for you for. And literally before I get to the next person, I am praying for you. And I'm saying, in Jesus' name, let that happen or let that result come forward. And we mm. just believe and I stand with this and, and plead the blood of Jesus over your life. So if I ever say to somebody, I'll pray with you or for you. I actually do it, and I do it right there and then. Yeah. Um, and then when I approach prayer, my perspective, it's really important to have the right perspective for me. So who am I actually praying to? Mm-hmm. I never want to get religious in my prayer life. Um, I pray to the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. Mm. He is the one that created every element of my life and gave me everything that I have He's the reason I breathe and live. So I remind myself who I'm praying to. And then like the angels, I'm overwhelmed and I often can't pray. Mm. Um, So and then I just do more things. Um, With prayer, I think fasting is extremely important. So in my life, the way fasting looks, I probably fast um, maybe five to six times a year. Um, I fast randomly. Okay, so just when I feel like I need a top-up, you know, Jesus said in the Bible to his disciples, there's some things that you just can't do without prayer and fasting. And so I recognize that there's some things I can't do in life without prayer and fasting. And so I fast. So a fast for me could be a a one-day or a three-day fast, and I'll just say, you know what, I'm going to fast today, and it's always food for me. I'll just go completely without food, or I'll give myself a limited food. I'm not a good faster. I'm sick five minutes after I say I'm going to fast. Um, Anyone else like that? It's like all of us. Uh, So I'll give myself one type of food or I'll say just liquids and I'll do a one or a three-day fast randomly throughout the year, four or five sort of times. And the other one I can't remember, so it's not important. Sure, sure. That's awesome. Really eclectic different ways once again. I pray you caught a couple of things out of it. Maybe there's something there. That, you, that sits with your spirit. Um, I love the, the praying in the spirit. My mum said when I was just a young girl, 10,000 words said in a language you don't understand literally is the difference of what, two or three that you say out loud. Pray in the spirit. If you don't know what praying in the spirit is, it means to, have, uh, to be baptised in the Holy Spirit and have the gift of tongues. And you know that this gift is promised to every person who believes in Jesus Christ. It is a gift that you can receive. And if you haven't received that gift, I would love after the service today, 
please come and see anybody on team and just say, I would love the gift of speaking in tongues. Would you pray for me? Because we love to pray for you in this church for that. Um, let, what my mum taught me when I was young is that when we speak in the spirit, our spirit utters things that we don't even understand or we don't know how to articulate, but the Father knows and he understands and he actions on our behalf things that we don't even know what we need the answers to or we maybe are feeling incredibly overwhelmed and don't know what to say. Because I don't know if you've experienced this, but in my life I find I have a lot to say when things are great. And when things are not that great, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm going through hurt or I'm, I have some pain in my world. I find that that is the seasons I, my prayer life feels flat and quiet. Does anybody else identify with that? And so this is what's forged my prayer life uh, since I was about 17 years old. And so a little bit like Rach Haffey, um, I journal my prayers, but I do it through the word of God. And so I use my Bibles, you might be able to see this as um, I, I've got writing all on the sides and it's not notes that I've made of things of revelation, that's the highlighting that's in there. But it's actually um, something that I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me when I was a young girl that I could pray through the scripture and pray it into my world. And so when I began this at 17, I would literally just pray the scripture but um, to keep my prayers from feeling forced or insincere, um, I've begun to, <clears throat> excuse me, write out my prayers uh, in accordance to his word. And so I want to give you a little example of this because maybe just in this season, you are going through a season where you feel like you have no words to pray into your situation. Maybe your prayers are feeling forced or insincere, or you don't know the words to say. Um, my go-to passage to start me every time is Psalms 91, and the passage is just incredible because it says this right at the beginning. Uh, you who sit in the high God's presence, spend the night in the shadow, in the sh Shaddai's shadow. And then it says this, say this. Literally, told, it just tells me, say this, God, you are my refuge. I missed those two key words for so many years, and I would read the encouragement of God, you are my refuge. I trust in you and I am safe. But the two words before it says, say this, say this, God, you are my refuge. I trust you and I am safe. So I have right here in my Bible for Psalm 91, 10 prayers breaking apart just this chapter. If you don't know what Psalm 91 is, this is the passage. God, you are my refuge. I trust in you and I am safe. That's right. I'm going to read it the way it's written in my Bible, okay? He rescues me from hidden traps, shields me from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect me. Under them, I am perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm against me. I have nothing to fear, not wolves, wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon, even though others succumb all around, drop like flies left and right, no harm will even graze me. You'll stand 
I'll, I'll, sorry, I'll stand untouched, watch it all from a distance, watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God, you are my refuge, the high, my high God, and I have my home in you. Evil can't get close to me. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard me wherever I go. If I stumble, you catch me. They catch me. Your job is to keep me from falling. You'll walk, I'll walk unharmed from lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents to the path. If I'll hold on to you for dear life, you will get me out of trouble. I'll get you, uh, sorry, you'll give, you'll give the best care to me if only I get to know you and trust you. Call on me, this is what it says from, from God's perspective. Now, call on me and I will answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you and then I will throw you a party. <laughs> I'm not kidding, that's what it actually says. So as you can see, this passage was written for me. And then I'll throw you a party, and I've got a big yes beside that. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. Let me just give you an example of what I mean by praying through scripture. So my first two uh, lines there are, God, you are my refuge, I trust in you, and I'm safe. This is what it sounds like for me. Lord, draw me close. Your word promises when I draw close to you, you are there. I want my drawing close to be a permanent dwelling place. At, one mo at any moment when I feel weak, empty and alone, I pray that those feelings won't drag me down into a pit of insecurity. But rather, I want those feelings to be triggers for me to immediately lift those burdensome feelings to you and trade them for the assurance of your security and safety. I am not... I, I am not done because you are not done with me. I am not weak because your strength is infused in me. I am not empty because I am drinking from your fullness. You are my dwelling place and in you I have shelter from every stormy circumstance and every harsh reality. I am not pretending the hard things don't exist, but I am rejoicing in the fact that your covering protects me and prevents me from those hard things affecting me like they used to. You are the most high and the name above every rejection, every accusation, and you have the final say over me. You know me and you love me intimately and personally and fully. Let my reactions to all things reflect that I spend a lot of time with you. I want my gentleness to be evident to all. I want your fullness in me to affect the atmosphere around me and I want your love to shine through me. I want your peace to be the path I walk. Your truth to be my wisdom when I talk. You are my everyday dwelling place, my safe place. Amen. Verse one. <laughs> Do you know, each verse carries a promise for your world if you get in his word and you pray it through. I hope you've grabbed a couple of ideas around the word of God and prayer. I'm going to ask the team just one more question. We've got a few more minutes here this morning. And so I'm going to ask a couple of our team this morning 
a big question that people often really want to know and are unsure about in their own life. And so I'm going to ask our team this morning, how does God normally speak to you? Has anybody else ever had this question mark over this area in their life? Is this God that I'm hearing? Do I hear the voice of God? I hope you catch something in this final question that I'm going to ask to some of the team. And so I would love to go ask the team, how does God normally speak to you? Henry, I'd love to ask you first, how does God normally speak to you? Very, very simple, actually. Um, all my life I've been amazed by people where God speaks to them and shows them stuff in such a way that it's infallible. It's definitely God. And I've always felt that they are simplistic in that area. And, but as I've grown and sort of matured in the Lord, I would say, as time went by, um, and through studying the Word of God and hearing testimonies, I realised that God does not talk the same to everybody. And uh, some blokes see God in a, in a dream or in a vision or, or see His presence and um, they hear this and they hear that. And some people just get such a a witness inside that they would die for because they just know that it's no. With me, God's just been simple. I'll, uh, I, I talk to God all day long. I just talk to God and I ask Him what to do next and how to do it and should I be doing it or who do I talk to? Should I say this or should I say not this? And I always ask Him to um, give me the words to speak and all this. And I get nothing. I'm, I'm pretty blank. And I, I've been really... <laughs> Over the early years of my life, I was really worried about that, to be honest. I was really worried and concerned that, you know, my walk with God is a mist somewhere. And uh, because I knew God's no respect for persons. We're all equal. He doesn't favor one above the other. And he's faithful and just. He cannot lie. He, he cannot deceive you. So why aren't I hearing from you? It took me decades to realise that what I thought to do or what I thought to say was actually God's word Come on. to me. Colleen gets a totally different thing. And um, so I'll, I'll just do something and I'll just say, Lord, should I be doing this? How do I do it? And while I'm doing it, it's just unravelling. Mm. It's just happening. And um, same as I'm, when I'm talking to someone or I'm studying the word of God, I say, oh, what is this? I just don't get this, this mm. section here. And I'm just reading and then I'll see a little note on the bottom of the Bible with a scripture. So I'll turn to that page, I'll read that and it'll have another reference and I'll turn to that. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you see where Gray gets it from. <laughs> all of a sudden, sometimes I just break down. Mm. I don't even kiss my Bible, I say, Lord. <laughs> I just go kissing that page and I say, Lord. He just showed me. So when God speaks to me, it's very subtle. Mm. It's not obvious. It's, I just can't understand it. It's like a, a strand of DNA and you just work that out. Wow. Wow. And you know that you know it's yeah. I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done that. I just know that it's not me. I just know it wasn't my answer. 
So I've just learned to now just to relax and um, I just pray in tongues just about all day long and just ask God things all day long. Mm. I've had very um, difficult time in prayer. I've never had um, dedicated prayer times. They just don't work for me. Mm. And um, so now I just, I just, you could say I just walk and talk with God all day mm. long in my mind, in, my, in the quiet. Wow. And in the quiet, I receive the answers. Wow. So it just comes out. It just flows. It's amazing. John. For some context, I had no idea I was going to be up here today <laughs> until five minutes before the service started. Um, and this is probably the hardest question. Yeah. Great. So... <laughs> Probably two decades ago, I worked out that not all the voices in my head were God speaking to me. Amen. Especially the stab a lot of people voices. Come on. So when people ask me why I like to study the Word of God, it's because it's in black and white. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that occasionally I don't hear something. But what I like is when it's confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> but Rachel. I'll give an example. Just um, It was a couple of weeks ago, actually. Rachel and I were spending some time away for a couple of days, and we were talking about Rachel was preaching and I was preaching, and we really needed God to speak to us, and it was about a, a certain passage. And Rachel said, where is that chapter? And I said, remember the table? And I said, oh, I have no idea what that chapter is. We had a Bible, we flicked it open, and it opened to that chapter. Wow. We thought, okay, so that's obviously what God wants us to preach about. Fair enough, that's good. There have been other incidences, I call them God incidences, that are beyond imagination. Um, so driving, I remember driving, um, I was just driving home from work, and I like to thank God for sunsets because they're really super pretty. And being male, if I had, well, actually there's some very creative men, so that's probably too generalized, but being me, if I was to create the world, it would have been very black and white. I mean, like, why bother with color? So, yeah, Mel's having a heart attack. Just going to click to another page. It's really colorful seems really impractical to me, to be really honest. Anywho, so I've got myself into a habit of saying, Hence you're wearing black and white. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> embarrassingly fair. So, um, so anyway, I like to thank God for sunsets and sunrises, and sunrises just to thank him. And I remember I was driving home one day and I thought, this is so silly. I mean, honestly, the creator of the universe probably isn't that caught up in me thanking him for stuff. Yes, well, let me explore this. Rachel's like, because. As I was thinking that, honestly, as I was thinking that, and I was actually thinking genuinely of stopping, because I'm like, I turned the radio on, and the, like, the very first thing that came to the radio was, we should be grateful to God for everything. And then I turned it off <laughs> before it then said, and John, you should repent for, <laughs> turn that down. So, so I like to... <laughs> So there are times in my life where I feel that God's definitely talking to me. And even, again, just within the last week or so, 
I felt like there was someone I needed to call, reach out to. And the name had been going through my head just occasionally. Again, I try not to base my whole experience with God on the voices in my head. Okay, because I'm not even I'm not even being trying to be funny, but there used to be some really really bad voices go through my head, and I really I had difficulty distinguishing between it, to be honest. Yeah, so I'm just being very very brutal here and honest here. Uh, so this person's name going through my head, going through my name, going through my head, and then about three days ago, I got my phone out and I said, I tell you what, God, there must be someone you want me to pray for, right? So I'm going to play contact contact roulette. I know, right? And I went through the contact. His name popped up in the middle of my screen. And I was like, I guess I really should call that person. So I did, just letting you know. So I would love to be one of these people who say, man, God told me this and God said this to me. I just really wish, but I, I can't bring myself to, I can't bring myself there yet because I think maybe some of the things I'm hearing really aren't that cool. But I like confirmation. Mm. So if I hear something, I think, okay, you know, you know something, God? So You're the God of the universe. You can tell me twice. <laughs> and then he does through his word yeah. Yeah. or through the radio saying spooky stuff <laughs> or, you know, contact yeah. roulette. Because as Mr. Henry was just saying, man, God speaks so many different ways. It, it can't, and it doesn't have to be just one single, singular method. So it's the word of God opening it up and going, wow, that's what God wants to say. Mm. It's me listening to it, driving along. I think that's the exact passage I need or it sparks thoughts that lead me to new thoughts. Yeah. Or it's God incidences where he just speaks and also through it, leadership and people. God just wants to speak to us. Mm. Rachie Collins. So I'm very different to John. <laughs> Since I was as, as young as I can remember, let's pretend I was six, um, I would claim everything good as something for me from God as a gift. So I would see a tiny flower and I'd be like, no one else has ever seen this flower and no one ever will. So it, was, it has to have been created as a gift for me. It's for me from God. Like I would just claim it constantly. Every sunset I was like, you painted it for me. Like, I was just, oh, so in love all the time. Um, yeah, so I just, until, I think if you know his word, you'll know his words. Um, yes. So until I knew his Come words, on, right. everything good, I would just claim it as, that's, that's for me, that's from God. Um, and every good thought that I would have, I was just like, yep, thank you, Lord, I just claim that. Um, so I had a lot of faith as a very young girl. <laughs> um, but I think God really got a kick out of that because, you know, he got to show his love for me um, since I was very, very little. Um, but as I got older, I would get into worship and intimate times with God and I would just bear my soul to him. And he would show up. So um, I had a dream when I was seven about the book of Revelations with the river flowing from the throne of God and I drew it in my year one class. And when I was about 13, um, I read that scripture for the first time. Um, so I'd seen it first in a dream. So I have lots of dreams that I, um, I still have lots of dreams where I'm like, whoa, I'm gonna write that down and see what that means. Um, when I, I think I had a relationship where I would connect with God and the Holy Spirit. But when I met Jesus first, I was maybe 14. Um, 
and I saw him, if that makes, I don't know if that makes sense, but I saw him, I was, I was just praying, and I was like, Jesus, I want to meet you, I want to meet you as a person, and I, as I was closing my eyes, I saw him walk into the room, and I fell to my knees, and I was like, okay, too much love, and he fell to his knees, he's like, why are we on the floor? <laughs> like, I don't know, you're just really great. Um, and another time I was, we had Bethel worship, um, the Bethel worship team come to Carindale City Point, which was like, oh my gosh, Bethel worship. Um, and the very first song was just so anointed that I just sat on the ground, crossed my legs, and I was like, the presence of God is here. I just want to worship you. And as I was sitting there, I felt Jesus sitting cross-legged in front of me. And again, he's like, we're on the floor. Why are we down here? <laughs> and we just hung out together which I thought was beautiful that it wasn't about Bethel. It was about Jesus for that whole night. We just hung out, just the two of us, on the floor. Um, and then as I speak to people, scripture that I've read that I can't, I'm quite bad at remembering where scripture is. I'll use Bible Gateway <laughs> slash Google all the time. Um, just kind of type in a few words. But as I speak to people, scripture will come to remembrance. Um, and so I've, got, I've just got to know his word, and, it, and it's the confirmation that um, if it lines up with the word of God, lining up with, with yeah. God, it's his words. Um, so if I've got the word in me, um, I can speak to people, and um, the Holy Spirit brings it to the forefront of my mind, and I can give them encouragement or wisdom, or this is probably what I would do if I was to make a decision. Um, yeah, so lots Stunning. of different ways. Stunning. Have you heard some differences there? A couple of differences. Absolutely stunning. We have dreams. We have through God's word. We have um, as we're speaking it out, receiving in recollection. It's just absolutely beautiful. Gray. Yeah, cool. Um, well, this is a big one. I think there's so many layers to this. Um, so I'll just try and go quick. Um, I think we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to flow through our lives, and then we don't read the Bible. And the Bible is the Word of God, and the Spirit is the Spirit of God. So I think it's very important for us as Christians to know just how important reading the Bible is, even if you don't understand what you're reading. Yeah. It's not about you understanding, it's about the Spirit of God inside of you. And I view words as though they're things. And so when I read a word in the Bible, I am putting a thing inside of me of who God is. It's the word, but it's like an object almost inside of me. And in the time of need, the Holy Spirit brings that object forward in, in my life. And so a word comes forward in my life. So I believe he doesn't have anything to bring out of me if I am not putting anything good and godly in me. Um, does that mean he can't speak outside of that? No, well, obviously he can. He's God. Um, so then when I view the mind um, and creation and who God is, um, I only see two players. I see God and I see Lucifer, the devil. And um, I know that he has been given authority on planet Earth um, till Jesus comes back again, which will be really quick, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> But so the only two people that have any authority to put any thought, imagination, anything into my, my head is God or the devil. The devil on the 
hum humanity side. I'm a human living on planet Earth um, under the binds of sin, but redeemed through the blood of Jesus. So the enemy has a level of authority to put things into my mind. And then if I dwell on them, those things become sin. They aren't sin instantly because he's just planting seeds. But when we dwell on them, that's when they become seeds. So sin. So he has an authority level to be able to place thoughts in my mind. But God's the only other one. The Holy Spirit, Jesus God, he's the only other one that can put things in my mind. So I view anything that's good, trustworthy, in line with the word of God, wholesome and edifying to a person has to come from God because I can't imagine the devil doing that, yeah. <laughs> right? So therefore, God speaks all the time to you and to me, okay? So how does he speak to me in general? I'm a daydreamer. So uh, my mum's noticed that heaps where I will just be talking and I'm just staring all of a sudden. So I'll just be talking with you and I just start staring. I'm daydreaming. And um, God's speaking to me. Mm. And he does it all the time. And I didn't even realize until I was in my young 30s. And um, when it started, it, and I made a pact with God, was um, I was the assistant music director, but in charge of all conferences of a mega church. And um, I was running the music for a youth conference that would have 700 people come this night. And um, so it was a pretty big sort of show. And we'd done a lot of rehearsal. And on those nights, I did one of my bulk prayers that I would always do for this conference. And I would spend nearly a day in the shower and I'll just pray in tongues because I was in a room where no one could be there. I felt good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I would just pray in tongues for hours and hours until the water ran out or God spoke to me. And um, God would always speak to me. And I realized he was speaking to me on the third, second year of me doing this conference was um, I'm begging God to speak and I realized how dumb I was because whenever I was in the shower, my imagination would go wild and I would start imagining amazing things happening that night. In the second year, I repented. I remember falling to my knees mm. and say, sorry, God, you've been speaking for years and I didn't realize and so I said, I'll do what you have just told me. Now, what he told me to do was to walk out at the beginning of the night with one person on platform, not the whole team. We used to have all in ears so I could speak to the whole team backstage or on a microphone. So I, I called my best mate who was a worship leader and I said, hey, I believe God has spoken to me. Would you be willing to test this with me? Would you trust me? And he said, Gray, I'll trust you for anything. I said, would you go out there in like two minutes and would you just worship on your acoustic and start singing? I said, I've got nothing more to tell you, but I see you worshiping. And I see hundreds of people crying out to God. And I said, so would you try that? And he said, yeah, great, I'll try that. And I said, I don't know how long this will be. I'll just speak in the back, do the key of E. We'll come in and we'll all just start the song behind you, the first song. So we went out. I communicated with the lighting guys to make it cool for a, a big conference. And so we had one light. He walked out on his acoustics, 700 kids roaring, man. They were so pumped. 
and just waiting for something, and he just started to worship. Um, it went for about 10 minutes, and we walked out. I just, I felt like I was over it, so I just said to the team, let's all walk out, and we'll just see how we get to this next song. We walked out, and all I could hear through the microphones was weeping. And there were hundreds of street kids that came that night to see one of the a fame, world famous D, um, beatboxer. And they were on their knees in the presence of God. Mm. And I realized an important lesson of how God speaks to me. Mm. And so I made a pact with God that night and I still exercise this pact with God. If it's uplifting, if it lines up with your word and it's edifying, the devil can't be doing that. So that's you and I will do it. Yeah. And so whether it's praying for a sick Love person, it. whatever it is, someone in the service station, at the shopping centre, with my Come kids on. at home, Come if on. my imagination starts to move, that means I have to move. Come and on. that's God speaking. And who would not do what God says? Amen. Which leads me to my final thing. Come on. <laughs> My final thing is this. I love what John said to test, to have um, clarification on God speaking. My clarification has come through experience. I've, tr I've made a pact, trusted. One thing that I think personally is wise to not do as a Christian is to say the words God said. It's a big one. This is why is there's only two players, okay, but there's a human being in the middle. And something that I know psychologically about us is the way the mind works and our imaginations work is that thoughts come to, they come as your mind defrags when you sleep at night. Thoughts come of things you've seen and heard and this is why we've got to be careful of what we see and listen to. And they come and our mind defrags, our body defrags. It's the way God made us as human beings. And so I've learned the power of saying, I believe God has told me, okay? Because what it's doing is it's saying, God, I'm one with you. I take ownership with you of mm. your word. And this is just, to me, this is beautiful because it takes away the whole, you're mighty God, I'm a loser, but you love me, so thank you. What it says is you're mighty God and I'm your child, I'm in this with you. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. That's what Jesus did. And so I always say to people, hey, um, I believe that I have a word from, for you. And they know what that means. A word obviously comes from God. Um, I grew up with people saying things like, I feel and God has said. And what you don't realize is when you say God has said, what you've actually said to the other person is so I don't want to hear what you've got to say. And so because God's the highest authority. So if anyone as a pastor comes to me, if you ever have, um, and you've said the words, hey, God has told me to go to another church or God has told me to do this or God has told me to do that, whatever it might be, you'll, you'll probably find I don't say much after that. Okay, I won't give you advice. I won't give you opinion. I won't give you experience. I won't give you even what the word of God says because I'm trying to trump what God has said to you. And so as God's um, a pastor that God has ordained, I will just say, okay. And Jesus even did this in the Bible. 
when, when the, uh, the rulers and the Pharisees brought out the God card. So I hope that helps. So we need to have wisdom and understand who God is and how he's speaking to you, however it might be. But then we also must go, hey, I'm a human being. And so, God, I'm in this with you. Why don't we go on a journey of this? And that will stop you from becoming weird. Well, God <laughs> told me to have Nutri-Grain for breakfast. <laughs> Amazing. Some incredible wisdom. So many things that have come out there. Huge, huge uh, common theme that God is speaking through his word. If you want to know, I love what Rachel, I think you said, if you want to know the, uh, what God is saying, the words of God, they're found right here in his word. Um, this here, he, if Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, then this is the way. If you need direction and you're waiting for an answer, do I go, do I stay? It's found in here. Anything, it's found in here. I promise you, the advice that you get for anything that you are heading into, you have a, I feel like there's a question mark over this. It's found in here and not in your neighbour. It's found in here and not in your friend. It's found in here and not in your husband or your wife. They, like John has said, are the most incredible confirmations often after you have gone to him first. This is the number one way I know that God speaks because for every single person who has shared here, it is through his word that God leads our lives. All right, it's just incredible. But do you know, I want to add just one thought to this, and it is the for those who feel like they do not hear from God. There have been huge seasons of my life where I felt like God is silent. Does anybody feel like that, where you feel like God is silent? And I feel like I had a revelation in my early 20s around this because there was a specific area in my world that I was really seeking direction on, and yet I felt like God was absolutely silent. Um, we were sitting in, a, in this church that Graham was describing before at the time, and I heard a message that absolutely stuck in my spirit and so I wrote it down and I've, I actually transfer this into each Bible when I get a new Bible. Um, that if, if there is nothing said that's fresh from God, if you're reading and in your word and you are looking for direction and nothing is coming out that is, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be really honest, often I'm looking for direction because I want the push of confirmation for what I want. Does anybody else have that? I really want to do this, so I'm going to find where the Word of God will support this theory. No, so if I find that God is like talking about things that's got nothing to do with my situation because of where I'm up to, which is quite common for my world, I heard an incredible pastor once say, if God is not speaking, he has already spoken. He's already spoken. And so this preacher encouraged us to go back to the last thing that God had asked you to do. Maybe you're in a season of motherhood and you are like ready for some added purpose, something that you individually do, but you're not getting any direction. You've got a bunch of loose ideas. Then go back to the original word that God has given you. Raise your children in the ways of the Lord. Maybe you are looking to relocate. Maybe God is wanting, you feel like God is going to send you out but you're not been giving any, getting any confirmation yet, then go back to what he's last asked you to put your hands to do. Because there, if you are looking for what God has asked you to do, 
you will still find confirmation about that in your word. But this is the other thing that as I've gotten a little bit older, I have discovered about hearing from God. Um, I just want to, before I say it, on our team right here, has anybody heard the audible voice of God? How many people have God dreams? Two. All right, and that's the whole team. Um, what about visions? Like when you're awake and you see a vision? Graham, yep, yep. Can you see that some of these things are rare? They're rare. I have heard the audible voice of God once in my life. I was seven because I was looking for my dad everywhere and he wasn't home, but he was clearly speaking to me like Samuel, calling my name. That's the only time I ever remember I gave my heart to Jesus on that church camp. I thought my dad was looking for me, but... That's it. God speaks to me with incredible ideas. I call them downloads. I will be out walking, running, in the shower, cooking, everyday mundane things, and I will have an incredible idea that I know, just like Gray, was never sent to me by the enemy because it's going to give glory to God if I put my hands to outworking it. If I speak it out, if I start to put a plan in place, but this is something that as I've got a little bit older, I have noticed will quench the voice of God giving me these things. And I've had seasons, to be really honest, of this, and that is simply obedience to when he speaks. When God speaks to you, it is your obedience that allows you, or I would say makes for better conversation. I notice that God speaks to me in my world when I am obedient to what he's asked of me. I read this this week in a book that I'm reading by Lisa Turkhurst, but she said, when you are hearing the voice of God, when you're here every week and there's an area, maybe it's tithes and offerings that you listen to every single week, but there is not obedience in it, that is actually what the Bible calls a hardening of your heart. A lack of obedience brings a hardening to your heart in that area and then a closing of your ears as part of your hardening of a heart means a closing of your ears to be able to hear what he's saying in it. And so I would encourage each and every one of us that when you open your word, that the number one thing you do is say, God, show me how. That's why we've done a how panel today. Show me how to put this into practice in my life. How do I outwork it? And you know, you can pray the bold, audacious prayer where my eyes no longer see and my ears no longer hear because of my disobedience and where I've allowed my heart to be heartened in areas. Would you give me another chance? Because God is a God of grace. And he wants every opportunity to open and create a space that he's invited into so that he can do a great work in your life. I hope you got something out of today's panel. Would you put your hands together this morning for our incredible panel?